This episode is brought to you by DistroKid. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Lost again! <laughs> All right, let's do this. How are you, Chris Demakers, Chris Demake buddies, Chris Demake Nicks? Chris to make stirs. How's it going? What's happening? Are you all right? Do you like my Mark Marin impression? I know. It's not that good. I'm not good at impressions, except for maybe Winnie the Pooh, which I'm not going to do. It's not that good either. Chris O'Fally is here. I hope you've all been enjoying the podcast lately. I'm sure you hear us at some point each episode mention our supporting cast program. You know, when you join our supporting cast program, you get a weekly bonus episode of The After Party. And sometimes on the after party, we dive into something having to do with the Krista Makes a Podcast episode that week. And sometimes we do something completely different. Either way, we put just as much love into the after party as we do the main podcast. And a lot of people have told me that they enjoy the after party just as much as they do the main podcast. I'm not making that up. People have actually said that to me. So when you join over at KristaMakes.com, you instantly get access to the entire back catalog of episodes, which is getting pretty big now. We've done episodes on classic albums such as Rancid's and Out Come the Wolves, Nirvana's Nevermind, and even Less Than Jake's Losing Streak, which, believe it or not, we had some really good inside info on. We've done episodes on songs we related to as teenagers, our favorite sad songs, artists that we hated but we now love, enormous songs that we can't stand, the most unique artists, the worst band names, the worst songs. We've looked back on billboard charts from years gone by. We've discussed amazing tours that we've done. The list goes on and on and on. It's all good and entertaining stuff, I promise. And I'm not just going to make promises here. I'm going to prove it. Today, as a sneak preview of the after party, we're going to give you an episode we did last year about songs we never get sick of. I hope that you all stop by the Krista Makes a Podcast Facebook group and let us know what song you never get sick of. Uh, there's going to be an ad break halfway through this episode, but it goes without saying that when you join our supporting cast, all of the after party episodes are ad free. So yeah, once again, we can't thank you enough for all the support. Christamakes.com is where you go to join the supporting cast, and we really hope that you'll consider doing so. It allows us to continue making the podcast that you love. So without any further ado, here's the after party, songs we never get sick of. Welcome to the after party, ready, set, let's go. Welcome to the after party, the show after the show. Learn a little something new, join us for the ride, Chris and Chris want to. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to another After Party uh, here with my good friend, Chris. And I uh, want to preface this episode as well by letting you know that I am still out here on the Newfound Glory Tour, uh, the Pop Punk Still Not Dead Tour. So if you hear any noise behind me, it's because uh, I'm in a dressing room right now. So you're probably going to hear noise. <laughs> How you doing, Chris? I'm pretty good, man. Where are you at right now? I am in Van Horn, Texas, in the middle of nowhere. 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I said dressing room. I'm actually in a hotel room, but it sounds like a dressing room because it's kind of a wood floors and echoey in here. But uh, it's a day off. We're in between uh, in between the last show of Houston and uh, the next show, which is in Tempe, Arizona. Nice. You look like you got a haircut today. Did you get a haircut? I did get a haircut. I was I was getting a little bushy, so needed to needed to get a little trim there. But uh, what uh, what we got going on today? I, I want to see what you hit me with here. So today we're talking about popular songs that we never get sick of. Man, it's easy. Even if you love a band and you love a song, if it is shoved down your throat and you just hear it all the time, it's easy to get sick of a song. And I hate saying that as a person who uh, consistently is trying to write songs that people want to listen to over and over. But there is a point where a song gets played too much that even if it's a good song, you get sick of it. But there are exceptions to the rule. There are some songs that no matter how many times I hear them, I could just listen to them again and again and again, and I never get sick of them. Agreed. I have a, I have a list here, you know, and uh, much like the the last after party we did, Chris, it's kind of like these are the first five that came to mind. I, I didn't uh, labor over this. I don't know if you did, but these are the first uh, first five that came came to my mind. How, how about you? Did you put a lot of thought into it, or just was, was it pretty quick? You know, all the ones I have on my list are ones that at some point I've thought to myself or said it out loud to a friend, like, I never get sick of this song. No matter how many times I hear it, I can listen to it five times in a row. I leave it on every time it comes on like a shuffle or if it's on the radio or just playing somewhere. All the songs on my list were ones that I know at one point or another, I've made note of it. Like So I've been kind of thinking about this one for years and years. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you go first. What's, uh, what's on the top, top of your list here? Well, the first one that comes to mind instantaneously when we talk about this is from someone who's been a guest on Krista Makes a Podcast before, but Hey Jealousy by the Gin Blossoms. Yes, it's the most popular. Well, I don't know. They have a lot of popular songs. I would guess it's the most popular Jim Blossom song. I've heard it every time I go to the casino or anytime I'm at a grocery store. This song comes on constantly, yet I never get sick of it. It always makes me feel good. So many memories from listening to this song in the car with my mom when she had the cassette up until recently, like touring with the Jim Blossoms, like and everything in between. Not only could I relate to this song on a lyrical level and also just love it sonically, it just it just puts me in a good mood, man. I never get sick of it. <laughs> I think I mentioned this to you before. You know, we're about seven years apart. And, uh, you know, I was an 80s kid. You're more of a 90s kid. And uh, the Gin Blossoms were your outfield t- to me. Like that, that you know, in the 80s, the outfield were just that, that, that rock band that kind of uh, you know, everyone knew who they were, but they weren't like uh, uh, pinup poster boys type things. And that was the Gin Blossoms. They they had these huge, massive hits, but uh, they it wasn't all about image and style and everything. They were just a uh, a good, honest rock band. Right. Yeah. And I like the outfield too. <laughs> <laughs> so do I. And uh, I, I almost included them on on the list. Actually, that's what made me think of them. But uh, yeah, I, I love that. Uh, I love Hey Jealousy. I always I always liked that song. I never uh, I, I never I never tired of that one either. Hell yeah, man. What you got first on your list? Well, I'm going to take us all the way back to 1976 right now. And I went with uh, I went with Boston, uh, their self-titled record, uh, the song Long Time. Mm-hmm. 
pretty much every song on this record, starting with the, the lead-off track, More Than a Feeling, uh, every one of these songs has been played on FM radio, uh, probably AM radio back in the 70s, too. Uh, the song Long Time has a huge intro uh, with just the, these keyboards and the guitars, and, and this was one of the heaviest uh, recordings to, to come out uh, you know, in, by the mid-70s. Uh, this was... Uh, I, I don't want to say heavy metal, but it was it was hard rock and it was hard hitting. And this record just uh, was recorded analog. It sounds amazing, and um, this song certainly has been played a billion times. But I, I just love it. It takes me back to my childhood. My uh, my dad was a huge Boston fan, kind of like you know you riding around in the car with your mom. I heard this song a lot, and then again you couldn't escape it. It was all over FM radio. Uh, the song is just, it just makes me feel good. And when it comes on the radio or comes on uh, on shuffle, uh, I just crank it up. And uh, I, 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 could, I don't think I could ever tire of it. You love Boston. I feel like you've talked about Boston several times on several different episodes. And I think about that, like, if you named your band after, like, a city, you're... Uh, you were guaranteed going to get huge. Chicago, Boston. <laughs> you should have claimed, uh, what's that place you're from? Port Kansas. Charlotte. you got to start a band called Port Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and all the other aftermentioned bands of cities. I mean, I, I do love Chicago. There's certain songs, and I, lo- I love some Kansas, but... Uh, for the Kansas, most part, yeah. yeah. For the most part, uh, I, Boston just takes the cake for that album-oriented, feel-good rock of the '70s. Their harmonies were just uh, were second to none, and uh, that first record's a classic. So, yeah, I don't think I'll ever uh, ever tire of "Long Time." What you uh, what you got for your for your second pick? I'm keeping it right at the same era in the '90s, probably right around the same year or two there, but. Now, kind kind of a polarizing band. There's, I know some people that really don't like it. Most of the people I know do like it. I think Counting Crows, August and Everything After is the best album of all time. It is my number one favorite album of all time. But, you know, Mr. Jones always makes me feel good. Once again, it's like, hey, Jealousy, it's just a song that always makes me feel good. And it is such an outlier for that album because that album is full of very sad, emotional songs. And Mr. Jones is like this upbeat, happy song. In fact, Counting Crows even had another really upbeat song called uh, Einstein on the Beach. And they did release it as a single off of like a DGC Rarities album. And it did get some radio play too. But it was another upbeat song that... They were like, no, we can't put that on there. It, it doesn't fit or something. They couldn't put it on the album. There is the song Rain King on this album, too, that's kind of upbeat. But anyway, I'm getting off topic here. Mr. Jones, I will always leave it on. I will always sing every word of this song. It just, I don't know, man. It just feel good, you know? Yeah, you know, I was already 21 when that track came out. Um, I didn't like it because I was too punk rock. Um, and, uh, you know, I'd have no problem saying if I didn't like the track or the band, it's a band I've grown to love. Uh, that song, especially when it comes on now, it, it, it weirdly enough takes me back to 94 in that time period, which was, was just such an exciting time in my life. Uh, it takes me back in a great way, great way. Never makes me think, uh, oh, I didn't used to like this song. You know, I just, I, I right. love the song. It's a, it's a feel good track and you're right. It is, uh, not very indicative of, of the rest of the record, but, uh, also no surprise it was released as the first single because, uh, it was so poppy and, and, and perfect for, uh, for radio at that time. 
Yeah, and he was dating not one but two of the cast members of Friends <laughs> in in the subsequent years there, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, why uh, sell yourself short, you know? <laughs> yeah, why why not Phoebe? Why not Phoebe, Adam Duritz? That's what a little I want to do. A anyway. little double dip in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what you got next, Chris? Uh, what I got next is, is uh, 10 years after the fact. Uh, we're going to f- fast forward to 1986, the title track from Metallica's third full-length album, Master of Puppets. This song, I, I could hear it every day for the rest of my life. Uh, just what a composition. These guys were, you know, 23 years old writing this type of material. Uh, elements of, of, of Black Sabbath, elements of hardcore, elements of, of bands like Deep Purple, uh, but their own thing, you know. It was, it was speed metal. Uh, the the middle part reminds me almost of Skinner. There's some southern su- southern rock feel in there. Um, James Hetfield's vocals. He was angsty. He was pissed off. Uh, they were singing about drug addiction, um, and it just was like the perfect storm. I think it's one of the most perfect metal tracks. The whole album is perfect, but that song in particular, uh, from the from the first uh, from the first downbeat and that riff that starts the tune uh, till the end of the song. It's a it's a amazing composition. Do you think that's when Metallica was at their very peak, right there? You know, I I, I know a lot of people feel that, that they were at their peak. Um, I think it could be argued maybe they were at their peak for the Black album, um, which I like that album for different reasons. Yeah, it was a starting to become a different band than you know Cliff Burton had, had passed uh, before the Black album, so uh, a main ingredient of the band wasn't there. Of course, they brought in Bob Rock after working with Fleming Rasmussen for years on all the all, all the previous four records. Um, you know, so yeah, they were they were definitely uh, definitely in their prime. Uh, but I, I I think that the the band I don't know if they were at their peak, but they were they were in their prime. Right. So moving on, uh, what's your number three? I got someone from our world. This is a song from like mm, the past decade, maybe a little bit more than a decade now. But oh man, do I love "Ain't It Fun" by Paramore. <laughs> This is actually the song that spawned this idea for the after party is every time this song comes on, full blast, I think you're talking about a composition. I think this song's amazing, especially once it gets to the extended outro and these other voice these other like soulful voices come in and it just makes me everything about this, the riff, the the bass and drums, I mean obviously Haley's vocals, the melodies and even the lyrical subject matter, everything about this song, man, I absolutely love it. I think this is, if you're talking about, <laughs> I always say our world of music, meaning like, I don't know, you know what I mean in general by that, bands that we would have toured with, we have toured with, and, and things like that. I think this is one of the greatest songs ever written in, in our world, and it was it was nominated for like song of the year the year it came out i don't think it won but it should have in my opinion 
Yeah, and I think we've talked about this, uh, the, the, that star power. Uh, you know, Haley was 16 years old and opened up a show for, for Less Than Jake uh, at Janice. Uh, Janice Live. It was then known as Janice Landing in St. Petersburg, Florida. It's a uh, open-air outdoor venue, one of my favorite venues I've talked about before. Uh, but uh, she came out with her dad and uh, played uh, an acoustic set and sang. And uh, Fubai Raman was courting her at the time. And everyone was like, you got to see this girl, you got to see this girl. And uh, just from the minute you saw her, there was just uh, that, that star quality. Some people can... Uh, can can try to fake it or try to be you know think think there's something, but either you have it or you don't, and she had it. Yep, hell yeah, I agree. What you got next, Chris? Well, you know I am not an ACDC purist. Uh, whether it be their original vocalist Bon Scott, who tragically passed away in February of 1980, or Brian Johnson, his successor, who took over on the Back in Black album, I, I like them equally. Uh, both singers, uh, they, they, I think they both brought something incredible to the table for the band. Uh, but I am going to go with uh, Bon Scott, the title track from his last album, uh, which was Highway to Hell. That song is just, it's full of piss and vinegar, man. It's just, it's, I don't know. It comes on just when that riff, dun, 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 when it just, I don't know, just makes you feel good. Takes me back to my childhood. And it's its a funny song. I, I don't think you'd be sitting in the equivalent of an Applebee's back in 1979 or 80, and that would be playing uh, over... <laughs> Over the PA, but I was actually in an Applebee's with my family last week getting some lunch, and there it was, uh, which made me chuckle. And uh, now you see it at, at football games and stadiums and soccer matches, and the whole audience singing, you know, I'm on the highway to hell, right? Which is pretty funny, but it, it just goes to show you it's one of those uh, huge songs that's ingrained in uh, the fabric, uh, you know, definitely of America and, and, and the rest of the world. But, you know, as far as overplayed songs, yeah, I've heard it a million times. It comes on, I don't tire of it, I just don't get sick of it. It's funny how a song, you know, I wasn't around. What 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 year did that song come out? Did you say? 1979. So you you weren't born yet. I wasn't born yet, but it's funny how probably at the time the song was kind of edgy, right? It was it was a hard rock and edgy song. Oh yeah, I mean it was a, a definitely a, a few steps up from anything Boston was doing or or the Eagles or any of those men. This right. was heavy. This was heavy stuff and this was this was uh this was pissing off a lot of parents of teenagers, you know. They they probably didn't like that song blaring from their son's uh, bedroom for, you know, four doors down. <laughs> right. And then fast forward, you know, a few decades and yeah, it's playing a Pizza Hut. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's funny how that happens. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like anything else. You know, you, you see Sex Pistols and Ramones songs now, and it's just uh, it, it's funny how uh, <laughs> how things uh, things change with time. Hey, everybody, don't go anywhere. We'll be back with part two of this sneak preview of the After Party podcast after a quick word from our sponsors. Don't forget that you can sign up for our supporting cast and get a ton of these episodes for the cost of buying Chris and I a Gatorade each month over at ChrisDemakes.com, and we'll be right back. Looking to elevate your music career? DistroKid is a digital music distribution service that enables musicians to distribute their music to online stores and streaming platforms such as Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Amazon, Tidal, and many more. DistroKid collects earnings and payments, sending them to you, the artist. With DistroKid, artists unlock a world of possibilities. 
from easily paying collaborators with splits to securing your music with DistroLock, DistroKid covers all bases. Plus, you can promote your releases with HyperFollow and create eye-catching visuals with the Spotify Canvas Generator, all for free. But that's not all. Introducing the DistroKid app, now available on iOS and Android. Artists can manage their releases, view streaming stats, and withdraw earnings, all from the palm of their hand. And for those looking to perfect their sound, check out Mixia. With its simple interface and customizable mastering options, artists can make their music sound polished and professional within minutes. And don't forget about Instant Share, DistroKid's newest feature. Share large files securely with collaborators, producers, and more, ensuring your music streams at the highest quality. Ready to take your music to the next level? Download the DistroKid app and explore their suite of tools today. Plus, listeners can enjoy 30% off their first year by visiting distrokid.com slash VIP slash Demakes. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash Demakes. And now, back to your sneak preview of the After Party Podcast. All right, so moving on to uh, to, to number four uh, here, and uh, what 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 do you got uh, what do you got for us? This is one. It's pretty recent in the grand scheme of things, uh, but you know, I was a big fan of this guy from his comedy f- career, from being a cast member on Community, and then you know started diving into his music a little bit. But dude, and then this song was just nonstop playing everywhere, and I loved it every time. It's "This Is America" from Childish Gambino. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. I got to say, it's one of the strangest compositions of a song you'll ever hear. It's the first time I heard it. I, I heard it the first time watching the music video for it, which is like also one of the best music videos I've ever seen. But I think as far as the song went, I was kind of like, huh, what is going on in this song? But then the more and more I listen to it, I'm like, wow, this is unlike any other song I've ever heard. And Chris, you know, I'm a bassist. I love that low end. When I put this song on in my Jeep, the whole thing is shaking. <laughs> and it yeah. is just like the hardest hitting, uh, you know, bass heavy song that kicks in. And it's so dynamic because it goes from that to like a, a clapping, singing, no low end part. And I don't know, something about the dynamics of this song and the message of this song. And, and what year did the song come out and why have I never heard the song or the artist? <laughs> oh, um, so this was about 20... Am I, am I that stuck in Boston in 1976? And I will say for the listeners right now that Chris and I, uh, we typically, I don't I don't know if we've ever corroborated on our answers before we talk. We like to keep it fresh. So um, I'm, I'm interested to hear this track. I'm sure wow. I've heard it if, if, if it's uh, a song that's been, been, been played a ton. So, you know, Childish Gambino is Donald Glover, who movie star he was in uh, he, he played lando in that star wars movie recently he was on the show community he has his own show on fx called atlanta which is amazing um but i liked him as an actor for years and years and years and never even dove into his music 
And then he got really good at music. I mean, he's huge, man. I mean, he was selling out Madison Square Garden and stuff. It's one of those, you know, it's it's funny, man, because, yeah, he slipped under your radar. He's a hip-hop and R&B guy, and he slipped under your radar, yet he's, like, one of the most famous people in my... As far as I'm concerned, he's one of the most famous people in America, <laughs> you know, but, but you know... Things slip under our radar, you know. Well, I will, uh, I will, I will definitely check it out and uh, try try to get uh, in, into this uh, century. <laughs> yeah, man, I'll send you the song <laughs> after we're done. Because I'm realizing that I have nothing on this list uh, post 2000. How crazy is it that I just assumed that you knew this song? I assumed that like my grandma knew this song. <laughs> I assumed that just like everyone did because. I mean, I didn't look at the YouTube, but I would assume that the the video of this song probably has like a billion views. <laughs> oh, from yeah, from the way you're describing it, I'm, I'm sure that's what that's what it sounds like. Yeah, it's amazing. But anyway, yeah, I'll send it to you. What sounds you got next good. on your list, Chris? Well, my number four is. Uh, I remember the first time I heard this song, I had got an advanced cassette. We were on Capitol Records uh, with the band at the time, and it's uh, it's it's Foo Fighters, Monkey Wrench. This song was recorded analog prior to Pro Tools. Dave played everything on the track. Well, definitely played drums and guitars. I'm not sure if he tracked the bass on it, but uh, the drums were already recorded. Dave went back. I guess I think they recorded the drums up in Seattle. He didn't like what he was hearing. Uh, told the drummer, who I believe may have been the drummer for Sunny Day. Uh, I know their bass player, Nate, was in, was in Sunny Day. But uh, Dave went down to Grandmaster Studios, where uh, a year or two later, Les and Jake ended up recording Borders and Boundaries. It's right, uh, right in the heart of Hollywood. And he went in and he uh, he retracked the drums uh, for the record, and the drumming on this song is just on fire. Uh, that screaming part that he does at the end of the bridge—it just you, you can feel that there's something there beyond just uh, pretending to be angry. He's pissed about something, and uh, tur- turns out it was uh, was his ex, uh, I believe, wife. But uh, love the song. Comes on to this day, I'll crank it up. I I, I can never get tired of the guitar tones are just completely sick and uh just love loved i think it's the perfect uh perfect hard rock song yeah it's awesome man i would have maybe considered putting everlong on my list which by the way did you happen to see that little girl the 11 year old girl nandy play with i i did i did i did that was awesome man yeah pretty pretty incredible i mean everlong's another song uh uh, learning to fly or learn to fly. I mean, he, there, there's there's so many tunes from them that I could have listed, but this was the like I said the the first one that came to my mind. Yeah, awesome. Hey, a little side note, Chris. Also, punchline. You know how you did Universe as Steve's episode of Krista makes the drums for that were recorded at Grandmaster as well. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. The, yeah, the, dr- the drum. Cool. Yeah, they uh, they would run the reverb out and in, 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 into the garage out there, and they would re- remike that out of Grandmaster. So I, I did not know that you uh, you tracked the drums there for that that song. That's cool. Yeah, that was the claim to fame that Dave Grohl recorded drums there. Yeah, I know. That was that. <laughs> yeah, that's that why we were lot. excited too, because that the drums on that record sounds so sick. Uh, what what you got coming in uh, at number five? All right. Well, my my last pick here is another one of those songs that I think is like the greatest 
one of the greatest songs ever written. Uh, recently, Punchline covered this for like a, a filmed thing that we haven't actually released yet. But uh, it's When You Were Young by The Killers. Which this song just... <laughs> it kind of reminds me of this song was on Rock Band, the video game Rock Band, and I, uh-huh. I just remember like playing that game to this song. And uh, but way past that, it's just such good lyrics, uh, so much feeling in the delivery of this song, and not just vocally. It just feels like every aspect of this song is so powerful and moving. And yeah, every it's still played on the radio all the time. You hear it everywhere never ever get sick of this song yeah i love that band i always uh love the fact that they were just so bore out of that dance pop 80s early 80s new wave uh thing but with a modern twist you know it was retro but didn't didn't sound retro for retro's sake and it didn't try to sound modern they were, they were doing their own thing and uh uh you know brandon's voice is is incredible and uh i just they're one of those bands that uh, especially at the time, uh, early 2000s when they came out, uh, I wasn't really listening to a lot of stuff like that, and they were, you know, they they were great, are great. Right, they're they're one of those bands too that when you're thinking about like some of the greatest bands, you might not think of the Killers right away, but if the Killers stopped playing tomorrow and it was 20 years from now, you could look back on them and be like, damn, that's a that's an awesome career. I mean, I'm not saying I like everything they put out. But they're solid as hell as far as a rock band goes, man. They're they're definitely uh, up there as far as like bands that would be on the radio for me. Yeah, I I totally totally dig the band. Hell yeah, man. What you got? What's your last pick? What's what's the last song on your list off the top of your head that you never get sick of? My last pick. I'm going back uh, going back to 1984, uh, actually 83, uh, to the album Sports by Huey Lewis and the News. Uh, the song the song Heart and Soul. Which is not a Huey Lewis song. This song was uh, originally done by a band, I believe they began with an A, then a band called Exile, which had a, a hit in the 70s called I Want to Kiss You All Over. I don't know if you remember that song, Chris, but uh, Exile did a cover of uh, Heart and Soul. It's time for a fact check. Hey everybody, it's Chris here. As I was editing this episode, I realized that Chris didn't have the accurate information about the song Heart and Soul. Exile actually did record the first version of this song in 1981. They didn't write it. It was written by Mike Chapman and Nikki Chin, who had produced music for them before, but they did do the first version of it, which sounds like this. And then a year later, in 1982, a band called The Bus Boys did a cover of the song, which sounded like this.
And then in 1983, Huey Lewis did it. And uh, so we can get back to the episode now. I just wanted to throw in that little fact check for you all. If you listen to the uh, the first two versions, which uh, I'd like you to throw the uh, throw a couple snippets of those in here, uh, very different. Uh, well, a lot of the same, but uh, very different. What Huey did to it, he put his stamp on it, and it became a hit single. And uh, it's just one of the, another another one of those feel good songs that takes me back to the summer of uh, 83, 84, and uh, it was a wonderful time in my life. Wow, heart and soul. Now, just like this is America was for you, I'm having a hard time. Remembering what song this is, because when I think of heart and soul, I think of that Tapal song. Give a little bit of heart. Yeah, give and a little soul. bit. Give a little bit of heart and soul. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, this one is uh, because she's hard and so. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Right, right, right. Okay, yeah, I know it, of course. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but the song you're thinking of, dude, that song is awesome. Give yeah, it's a, a power. Hard and so. Excuse my falsetto, everybody out there. <laughs> that song that is awesome. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe that could be your. Uh, my theme music? My, my ring entrance music? <laughs> no, I was going to say, like, we, we would do a. a, a that uh, could be your honorable mention song because I have an honorable mention song that I want to uh, throw out here. Oh, okay. I thought of one off the top of my head that's an honorable mention, but what's your honorable mention first? Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go first and we'll, uh, we'll, close, we'll close this out with you. Uh, yeah, this was uh, another one on my list. I talked about them earlier. Uh, I love every track, all 10 tracks on this, on this record. Play Deep uh, from the Outfield came out in 1985. Uh, the song Your Love. You want to talk about a song that's overplayed. You hear it in tennis matches, elevators, graduations, weddings. Uh, the whole doesn't matter if you're in England, Japan, uh, United States, Canada, wherever you're at, this song comes on and the whole room is singing it at the top of their lungs. Your Love is just, it's awesome. Josie's on a vacation far away. That's a jam, man. That's a serious jam. The minute you hear Josie's on a vacation far away, it just, <laughs> you know, and there's something relatable and believable about that lyric. And uh, what a just gem of a pop pop song. Yeah, it's a great one, man. Uh, my honorable mention goes to the song that every time it comes on at a party, whoever I'm with, we're like, oh, shit, here we go. The, the song that's got every party started. I don't know. Feels like in my life is... Bell Biv DeVoe Poison. I think that song's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't we talked about Belle Biv DeVoe before on here? Yeah, probably. But I just, that song, man, that dr- 
ba 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 da ba ba da ba da ba. That that uh, that drum fill, the, everything about it, man. The 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 subject matter. Never trust a big butt and a smile. I think that's good advice. <laughs> that's good advice for us all. <laughs> I think that's I think that's valuable advice, and I think that's what we should leave people with today. <laughs> so you're gonna go with Belle Bib DeVoe and not to paw. T'Pau, yeah, no, T'Pau's cool too. But which is, yeah, which I is go hilarious that you T'Pau. didn't remember the hook to the Huey Lewis song, but you remembered the name T'Pau, which probably most of our listeners don't even know who the hell that is. T apostrophe P-A-U. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I do a podcast called One Hit Thunder, remember? I said I know these kind of I said, I didn't know how to pronounce it. You said T'Pau. You corrected me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, man, this has been uh, this has been a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed doing this. I think we could do it again because there's so many overplayed songs that uh, I'm still not sick of. So these are just the first 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 five that came off the top of my head. There's a lot of overplayed songs I'm very sick of, Chris. And the example that I was going to give before we go uh, is great song, great band, but a song I'm so sick of and be <laughs> this sounds mean, but I'd be glad to never hear it again is where is my mind by the pixies okay that song is just in every movie every movie that like wants to be mysterious or like every show that wants to be it's just like oh here we go the freaking pixies song again and i love the pixies and i think that's a great song but it's just that's uh i'm burnt out on that but that but that's for another episode i was say we could <laughs> save that for another episode songs that we definitely hate and uh yeah <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll leave you with one i love the okay. band but i if i if i never heard hotel california again i'd be good oh uh, I'm with you on that one, man. I'm with you. (laughs) All right, gang. Hey, thanks for tuning in with us, and we'll see you next time. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind. Uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little a little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick. And usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work. But we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life. Uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers. Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe Grind Podcast.
Yes, we're out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together, we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimbut the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you!